Go To Health, your guide to fitness and well-being for 2018 with Francis Cook. Hi, I'm Francis Cook. Welcome to the show. We've all had those moments when we've realized we're not looking after ourselves the way we should be. In those moments, it's easy to wish you could just hand yourself over to the experts and let them have their way with you. To be told what to eat and how to move your body, then watch the changes start. Well, one of my colleagues has spent the past six weeks doing just that. She called in a nutritionist and a personal trainer and sat down to hear the truth about the changes she should be making. Not only that, but she put in the hard yards of actually making those changes and documenting how she felt during all of this. It's not always pretty trying to make a big lifestyle change and let's just say she was fairly honest about that. So let's find out. Can you change your body in six weeks? Go to Health, your guide to fitness and well-being for 2018 with Francis Cook. I'm joined now by Tess Nickel, NZ Herald consumer affairs reporter and willing experimenter on her own body, all in the name of journalism. So you handed yourself over to the experts for six weeks in the aims of overhauling your physical health, seeing what changes you'd be able to get in. So put us out of our misery. Did you change your body in six weeks? Sort of. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think the question I asked at the start was, can you get shredded for summer in six weeks? And the answer is about halfway there. <laughs> um I, you know, I still have a fair amount of body fat. Um, my body fat percentage has dropped, I think, about 3% or something like that. Wow. But it's all been within a healthy kind of range. Mm. So I don't think that that's a negative thing. I think that what I, what I have shown is that actually doing a crash diet for six weeks to try and lose a whole bunch of weight probably isn't a really good idea. Um, I've really challenged myself with this um, in terms of trying to drop down my carbs, my sugary treats, restricting my coffee intake a little bit, and that was difficult enough. I can't imagine trying to stick to something more restrictive for six weeks just to try and lose weight. So the biggest change for me has actually been how much muscle I've gained. Um, I've gained about a kilo and a half of muscle in the last six weeks, which is for someone who has never been fit, quite incredible. Congrats on the muscle. That must feel really good. And I must say, as someone who's changed up my own routine to do more strength work, it does feel better, doesn't it, when you're stronger and more capable? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this has been the the biggest and probably most unexpected positive for me is how much I've enjoyed going to this boot camp. Um, so I've been going three times a week at seven in the morning and it's amazing what it does for my mood, um, how it sets me up energy-wise for the rest of the day, um, yeah, just how good it makes me feel and how much you start to notice things that used to be difficult are now easy in your day-to-day -day life. You know, oh, I've got to walk an extra stop home from the bus or something, that's nothing, whereas before it might have used to put me out a little bit. Mm. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. You brought in experts for this. As you mentioned, you were keen to do this the healthy way. What sort of experts did you talk to and what were the biggest changes that they asked of you? 
So the two people that I've been consulting with are my nutritionist, Kate Walker, and my boot camp instructor, Raphael Victoria. What Kate asked of me is what she asks everybody who goes on her shredded plan, um, which is actually an 8 to 12 week plan, so I've kind of done a truncated version, and I imagine I would have kept seeing these kinds of incremental weight loss uh, if I kept doing it for the whole time. The main thing she asked of me at the start was to give up drinking and to cut down on, well basically completely eliminate processed sugar and majorly cut down on carbs. What Raphael was asking of me was just so many burpees and squats and sit-ups. <laughs> I hate burpees so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a lot better at a lot of exercises and I am no better at doing burpees. I <laughs> did a hundred of them for a fitness test and I nearly threw up. But I mean, I did finish them. So there you go. It took me about 15 minutes. but I think I would have died. I think I would have just was... keeled over. It was horrible. I actually, I was eyeing up a nearby tree as like the best one to go behind to have a little <laughs> spew if I needed to, but. <laughs> Strategic spewing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I mean, that leads on to my next question because there's some fairly big changes. You documented it all in a series for the Herald, which we will point mm-hmm. people to later if they want this all in more depth. But when you're making these big changes and you're trying to ramp up your fitness and overhaul your eating habits at the same time, that's a lot of change in one go. Mm -hmm. What kept you sane to stay on track with these? Well, sometimes just letting myself have a break and telling myself that if it was just one little break, I didn't need to feel guilty about it. I mean, I don't know. That's probably not <laughs> how you're supposed to do it. But, I mean, I was really getting to the end of my tether about halfway through. And so I just skipped a training session and stayed home and watched TV and got Uber Eats. And just having that little circuit breaker was really good. The other thing is trying to find trying to find new things that make you feel good. So I found a recipe in the shredded plan to make these banana cluster balls and they're like sugar-free and healthy treats I guess and actually really really enjoyed them I enjoyed making them and I enjoyed eating them and I would save these healthy treats that I was allowed to have to have with my morning coffee and it was like a little ritual just kind of creating little rituals like that where it's maybe not going for a glass of wine after work like you're used to but you're putting aside time to do something enjoyable Mm. does that make me sound really boring (laughs) (laughs) no I've actually I've got really into bliss balls and the other day I found Christmas cake flavored bliss balls but I love Christmas cake so much and so finding Christmas flavored bliss balls I was so excited I put a post on Facebook (laughs) and my friends absolutely ripped into me that I was so lame but eh, whatever works right yeah I mean it's interesting like all the guilt that we hold around food is kind of its own thing right like Mm. I could do a whole series of stories about that on its own but 
the reality is that a lot of us will have these, at times, slightly unhealthy relationships with food. Like, I realize that I respond to stress by eating sugar and drinking alcohol and actually just taking stock of that and trying to replace that instinct with a different instinct that was perhaps a little bit better for me. Mm. It's the first time I've really seriously tried to do that, and I, I think that's been really beneficial. Oh, absolutely. I think often these relationships with food are hiding something else. And if you can deal with the root cause of that stress, that's so much better for you. Yeah, definitely. Or even if you can't deal with the stress, you know, for a lot of us, um, stress is work and you can't necessarily deal with that right away. But if you can have a healthier reaction to it, Mm. then, you know, that's, that's a positive. Yeah. Now, was there anything in this that surprised you? Because I read in one of your pieces that there was an issue with coffee, which personally surprised me. So walk us through the coffee thing. And then also if there was anything else in this journey that surprised you. Yeah, the coffee thing surprised me as well because I have dieted once before, before a friend's wedding, and I actually used to use coffee as an appetite suppressant. So I had thought that it helped with weight loss. I mean, I was basing that on nothing, just that it worked for for me. But what I was told by my nutritionist, and I looked it up online and there's been It's one of those things, there's research to back it up and other nutritionists have agreed with her. But then, of course, it's the kind of thing where I think just a couple of days ago an article came out where studies showed the opposite. Mm. But the theory behind it, it raises the glucose levels in your blood and stimulates um, insulin production. And insulin is a fat-storing hormone, so it's sort of stimulating that. But I think as well is that if you have sugar in your coffee – you are then up in your sugar intake if you have, you know, two or three or three or four a day. And on top of that, it's kind of going back to what we were just talking about before, you know, rather than responding to tiredness by having a coffee, think about why am I tired? Did I get enough sleep? You know, am I dehydrated? Do I need to actually just have a big glass of water and maybe go to bed a little bit earlier tonight? Like I found myself thinking about that a lot as well. You know, why am I so tired Do I need to change something else? So it's kind of beneficial in that way to see if you could get through the day with just one coffee in the morning rather than reaching for one as soon as you feel tired in the afternoon. And of course, if you are covering up that tiredness, being tired in itself can be a bit of a a tricky spot for weight loss or weight gain, can't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you're more likely to binge eat when you're tired, um, less likely to spend time preparing healthy food, Mm. more likely to be tempted by sugar and that kind of thing. Oh, exactly. Everything starts to spiral. Mm -hmm. Um, So the million-dollar question, do you think you're going to keep it up? Yeah, um, that's actually been the most surprising takeaway for me is that I really, really enjoy this kind of exercise and I'm going to keep going. So that's huge. I didn't think that was going to be the result when I started. I thought as soon as the six weeks were over, I was going to gratefully just, you know, lie in every morning. But um, yeah, the difference has been really marked. And I've been, so the diet relaxes up a little bit. You can have alcohol and stuff from week five. You're still, still supposed to keep your processed sugar intake pretty low or non-existent, but you can have carbs as well. And actually what I've noticed is that like I've noticed the way that alcohol 
will make my tummy sore like even the day afterwards um, and how I'll feel kind of lethargic if I have a lot of bread or a really heavy meal and so I don't think I'm going to follow the diet plan as strictly as I would if I was doing it for the rest of the 12 weeks uh, that, that it's designed for but I'm definitely going to take some of the principles of it so trying to keep your carbs low, keep your sugar intake low, keep your alcohol intake low and sort of keep doing that as much as I can. Isn't it interesting? Sometimes these big overhauls can make you realize you were feeling tired or not feeling great and you didn't even realize that was just your normal. Definitely, yeah. For me, it's really made me reevaluate how much I drink um, because I've always drunk quite regularly and just the particularly like with gut health and fatigue and stuff like that um like on the last week I <laughs> went to boot camp a little bit hungover and I just thought oh this is awful you know like I hadn't experienced that before and it made exercising so much harder that's been a big circuit breaker for me in that respect and um, I really appreciate the kind of then given the opportunity to actually think, oh, what do I need to change that could actually benefit me long term? Mm. All right. Well, if people want to see all about your journey and pick up the tips and tricks that you've learned without having to hire their own nutritionist, <laughs> where can we see all of this wonderful work you've done? So my stories have been running every Monday in the Herald on page four. And the last one is running in the Boxing Day edition of the Herald. And you can also find all of them online. I've hyperlinked back, so if you start with week six, you'll be able to follow links back all the way through to week one. Um, or if you just Google Tess Nickel Boot Camp, you should be able to find them there. Fabulous. Thanks so much. That's Tess Nickel from the New Zealand Herald, an inspiration to us all and someone who has made me reevaluate my own relationship with coffee, <laughs> I've got to say. If you have any questions about this podcast or something you'd like me to look into for the future, I'd love to hear from you. I'm on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist and Twitter at Francis Cook. Don't forget to subscribe to the Go to Health podcast. There's also an option there where you can leave a five-star review, just putting that out there. And until next time, have a great day. Go to Health, your guide to fitness and well-being for 2018 with Francis Cook.